I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about Millennium Actress, which was a uh, which was random choice uh, this week, but... Before that, we were talking about Bleach, Disney, Star Wars, how I am in the minority, at least in my social circles, about particular uh, movie genres and feelings and hopes and dreams. And then we talk about a wonderful little banana fish and the hopes and dreams that the banana hanging over this wonderful river have. If you want to catch a part of that wider conversation, patreon.com slash featured anime podcast, a dollar a month will get you access to all that bonus content and more. And now, on to the meat and potatoes. Uh, Millennium Actress came out in May, uh, or sorry, September 2002. It's a drama mystery romance, uh, just uh, for a couple of the genres. It's an original, ran for about an hour, 25 minutes. Produces for it are Bandai Visual, Wow, Genko, Kurokawa, and it's by uh, the studio Madhouse. Uh, this is also another uh, Satoshi Cone film too, in case you were you were wondering about that. Uh, I, I actually do wonder about it, but what is that? So perfect, perfect blue. Oh, like a psychological. Okay. T- t- so the genres are action, adventure, drama, fantasy, romance, historical, showbiz, forum. Okay, I can see the connection there. Yeah, the Satoshi Cone. In case you were having some uh, difficulty remembering Perfect Blue, uh, then you had um, Paprika. That was a good one. Right. Weird. Very weird, but good. Uh, the uh, Paranoia Agent, Tokyo Godfathers. <laughs> haven't seen Tokyo Godfathers, but I want to. What the hell are you smoking, man? What do you mean you haven't seen Tokyo Godfathers? I read the synopsis. We Did, it. We, did we do a review on that? Yes. I don't remember what it was about. Jesus. Give me one second. I got to look this up because this is going to be frustrating. I mean, we reviewed it. Mm -hmm. We talked about some of the awkward scenes in it. Focused on the, I mean, like CJ, the homeless, homeless people running from her dad. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I I I remember CJ. I mean, so here's my question, man. Did you actually watch me millennium actress me you're asking me yeah you yeah i wouldn't be here otherwise that's a lie what do you mean oh well, yeah. <laughs> i've learned my lesson i wouldn't be here again otherwise but you just said you didn't see go tokyo godfathers how could you how could you <laughs> uh, i mean like you faked it really well then i'm just saying i'm just <laughs> saying oh uh, god <clears throat> So yeah, I, I would have. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I feel like I've learned. I don't do uh, what I have done in the past for fear of retribution. No, honestly, for fear of being wrong and just keep going because someone won't turn. Will bully like, yes. me into continuing. 
like, yes, please, by all means, let's let us talk about that time traveling granddaughter <laughs> time again. Granddaughter. Oh yes, by all uh, means. Still a better love story. I mean, are you saying you're saying an ins from your interpretation of mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. the incest portion of it was a better love story? I mean, do we have to d- dig up some feelings you know, there? You know? Said what I said. <laughs> Uh, CJ in our chat says, "You want a big shovel rig? Just keep on digging." <laughs> I'm only digging because I know that there's water at the end of here, and I can swim out of this hole. Sure, 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 sure. Fill up with water. I don't have to climb out. It'll just float me up. Okay, all right. That's fair, 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 fair. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So, Millennium Actress. Uh, it was a Shatoshi Kon film, in case anyone is wondering. And to be fair, to be to be a hundred percent fair, um, this definitely has the vibe, the feel, the the look of a Satoshi Kon film. Like the characters that you see in it, everything like just screams like memories of other characters that you've seen in other shows, like. Uh, the director for this guy in this film, right? He's very reminiscent mm-hmm. of a paranoia agent. I feel like he looks very familiar. Like, like I've seen him or at least a similar character design in paranoia agent. And then that makes sense. Same thing for the main female protagonist, right? How I feel like she gives off a, uh, kind of a remembrance of, uh, Perfect Blue, you know, she kind of reminds me a little bit of the main character from Perfect Blue. Um, I guess I can see that. I'm talking about the design, not. Oh, not, okay. The way uh, that they're okay. The way they're drawn, the way they look. So not so much, not so much well, their acting or or actions or anything like that. Although you could loosely tie our main uh, character Chioko to the main character from Perfect Blue in the sense that they were both actress, aspiring actresses in the very beginning. They were both young in the very mm-hmm. beginning. Someone was know? jealous of them. Someone was jealous of them. It seems to be a very common theme. Jealousy is a very, yeah, very, very strong and prominent uh, thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right, of course. but <laughs> everyone wants to be an actor. Everyone wants to be an actress. The thing that I think set this apart is she didn't want to be an actress initially. She was constrained. No, constrained. No, she was. She was drafted. Basically, hey, you can go to war or you can make these videos. And she's like, well, the videos sound good and they pay more, so let's do that. Not videos, movies. You know. Well, they phrased it videos and everything like that, so that way to try and buy it. It's like, you're doing this for your country. This is going to be a, a thing that everyone can use and everything like that. So it's, it's, it's definitely has that, uh, I want to say driving force. I feel like it was really good propaganda and motivation, um, literature. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it served its purpose according to people reacting, how, how, um, look down upon if you were to like avoid draft and whatnot. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like you're doing this. You're you're doing you're doing this for your country. You're you know this is everything like that. And what I what I liked was the um the like the kind of like the the I want to say the disbelief 
in between the two. So like when you're first introduced to, to the characters and everything like that, you're immediately thrown into, yes, she is a movie star. She has this role that she has to play and she's going to do her best in that role. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know if she was very replaceable because she was the hottest commodity available. You know what I mean? But the older lady definitely was jealous of her, probably because she once was the one everyone doted on, the one everyone was like, oh, God, you're so beautiful. We all want to be just in your presence, you know? Yeah. And then when the this young thing came around that doesn't even have talent, according to her, and starts getting leads, and she's she went from, I think the way that they explained it, she went from um, being the teenage heartthrob to being the teenage heartthrob's mother. So she couldn't be the the main focus anymore. So she had to settle for being, um, the parent of said child. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing that's, I found pretty interesting is at first I thought this was going to be a very standard Satoshi Kon film where there was a very heavy psychological aspect to it, which it kind of was, but it wasn't more so on the horror side. It wasn't on the, the, um, negative side of things. It was more so along the lines of the psychological portion was the reliving. And I want to say almost the meshing of realities or Chiyoko. There was something wrong with her. And I I don't mean that in a negative manner, like, Oh yeah, she was, she was this, she was that. No, she was, she, I feel like she had mental issues, health issues. Uh, And by mental, I mean the ability to, to not be able to remember that well. Which is why she started breaking down towards the end, being like, "I can't. I've, I've loved this man my whole life, but I, I, I don't even remember what he looks like." You know? Yeah. Yep, and yep. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a story, a moral, if you will, to this show, to this movie, and it's kind of hard to grasp. I'll give you that, but if you pay attention, they spoon feed it to you at the end, and sometimes the pursuit of something is worth everything you know yeah like um don't have a good example i don't got a good example you kind of understand what i'm saying vaguely <laughs> i was Help hoping you did, I, I was hoping you'd provide provide some clarification like i'll look the movie honestly i want to say it's a kind of a love story between the director and chioko his love for her her his admiration for her and it's also Chioko's love story in the sense that she was very much in love with a man she only met once. Your love, man. And and I don't think it had had really anything to do with with love in in the traditional sense. I think it was more so like it was built upon, you know? Like what she felt she knew from her limited interactions with him. And from the fact that he was willing to stand up for what he wanted, no matter what, I feel like really struck a chord with Chioko. Whereas if she, she was kind of put in a hard place. And then even when she was given into a particular situation where she could kind of choose, she wasn't able to choose. And she was put in situations where she was kind of forced in a very particular way, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was quite interesting because they, I, now I got a question. Do you think, that the way that the story presents itself, yes, it's it's a mix of the actual show and her life. 
But is it possible that the reason she was such a good actress was that all the stuff happening in her life, they just happened to be making a movie about So the emotions that she was feeling were rather raw and, and present and stuff, you know? But I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. However, I don't think she was alive at the turn of the century. And I don't think she was quite literally a millennium actress. You know, I don't think she's no, been around. No, no, no. She was, she was 79 according to the, the, the show. Um, but 79, no. let's assume 2000. Yeah. Like right? I, like I get what you're saying. Like a lot of the movie, however, however, a lot of her movies and everything like that do deal with the love story and everything like that deals with unrequited love and her longing or trying to be with that individual. And I do agree that the movies, at least the ones that we have seen where she is progressing through the age, progressing through the, uh, through the generations where she is put in particular situations like that. She is, you know, able to draw on and provide that raw, real emotion, which is hard to genuinely fake. I mean, like, unless you're a great actor, which you and I are not, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's part of the draw for her, you know, and that she went through, did those raw, real emotions. And, and whenever she was acting, she always envisioned the one man that she wanted. The one man that she wanted to see. One man she could never have. Right. And and it's it's kind of laid out at the end, too, you know, how she truly feels about him. But we'll cover that in a minute. Okay. What I, what I, find, what I found kind of interesting was how everything kind of meshed, if you will. And yeah. the, so as far as the timeline goes, because I'm kind of stuck on that right now, I assumed this happened right around the 2000s. Um, which would indicate if she was 79 years old, let's round up for ease, 80 years old. That puts her at the absolute youngest in the 30s, in the 20s growing up. Uh, I'm going to say the 30s, but um, that puts her right in the middle of World War II, like right in the beginning, and then, then that the age group for her would match. Well, yeah. And I, she also... I mean, they also plainly stated that, too. Like, it wasn't a part of the movie. Like, part of her life was pre-World War II, during World mm-hmm. War II, after World War II. A lot of the memories that she has is very mixed up in with the movies. However, mm-hmm. her her true progression through her memories of loving this particular guy, the movies, I feel like helped facilitate her and also push her along. And so what she did was she frequently like one of the antagonists for her love, the people that kept her away from her love. She always placed them in that bad guy style role, you know, and I think I think that's kind of what helped her be the type of actresses. She was drawing on her real life experiences. And instead of seeing the person that was there, that was truly there, Mm -hmm. she saw the person that was antagonizing her or the antagonist for her, the man who took her away, the cop, the officer, the government official who took away her love who chased who who chased them down you know yeah i mean i can how much of that was real though 
And the reason I ask how much of that was real was obviously a lot of like the transitions weren't real. And I loved the cameraman. He's probably my favorite person out of the entire group because he deadpooled the whole thing. He was like, yo, boss, why are you dressed like that? You got a quick change too? There's costumes. What? 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 Yeah. What's going? What's going on here? Like, what the hell is happening? Like, like, which helped believe, help you believe in the trans transition of time, the transportation through the eras. However, you know, I feel like the parts that were real mm-hmm. were the parts that we knew were real. Like, like she's retelling her story. Yeah, while she was like reenacting scenes of a movie and everything like that for her, that was kind of like melding a little bit. The parts that were real were the guy that went and saw the when she went and saw the uh like fortune teller and mm-hmm. the uh, guy being in the storehouse and everything like that because she, even at the end she had the picture of that the guy had drawn drawn of her on the wall and she had it framed still you know so you knew that was real and the interactions that she had with the director and you knew the re- interactions that that she had with the director were genuine because the, uh, the director for the new film, the, the big guy now, the one with the goatee, mm-hmm. he was there not only in the metaphysical sense, the metaphorical sense where they're basically seeing from a third person view. He's there with his younger self. Who's also there, who was a witness to it. So when he was there, when she got the, was talking to the old soldier and he was going around making amends for everything that had happened and for everything that he had done. He was there and he heard details that she didn't hear because she ran out the door way too fast. That makes sense. And I liked, but I also didn't like the consistency. Like you, like we were mentioning now, it was very difficult to differentiate between fake and real. And what I liked about it was we knew stuff that the main character didn't couldn't and yeah. I, I feel like the way that they went about this you've got a fantastic a story a phenomenal b story and sprinklings of the c story you know uh, and what i mean by that is the main story never stopped progressing the secondary story that wanted to facilitate the growth of the story from or the the movement from beginning to end and the third one was all the extras running around doing god knows what um, for how long, you know? Right. So it looks like she came originally from a rather strict family. So, well, they, they, it wasn't that they came from a strict family. Uh, she had talked about how earthquakes and her were always kind of linked. She was born the day there was an earthquake and her father died that day. Luckily they had a family or had a family shop that her mother was able to take and run and provide a, living for so it was more so along the lines of her mother holding very traditional values you need to take up the family business and you need to keep this going and you need to make sure that this keep going on you you're not going to go out there and run amok and do this video thing because given the time frame given that this was pre-world war ii videos and things like that people uh, you know, I, I would assume that it was uh my little bit of knowledge, not very lucrative, and you couldn't make that much of a living off of it. However, 
it was something you could do and make a decent living on, but, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say, uh, it was a guaranteed thing, you know? And even today it's not a guaranteed thing. I mean, like you could could be the headliner of a great movie, the movie blast and that's it. Well, honestly, I think that, so going off of kind of that route, I feel like someone like Nicholas cage has the best gig the entire time. You know, he was supposed to play Superman. Yeah. And he never did, but he still got the money. Yeah. Well, that happens uh, more often than you would think. It probably does, but that's the only thing I can think of. And it'd be kind of awesome here if she was prepaid for all the gigs. And then she's like, ah, you know what? I'm going to leave. Right. I think it has more so to do with them backing out of a contract rather than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's the like, yeah, he gets the, jig, the actor. gig and everything like that. They're like contract, and the studio's like, you know what? We're going to go a different direction. Well, part of the contract stipulation is I get paid regardless whether you use me or not. So, mm-hmm. you know. Makes sense. I mean, like, why Why would you put your put yourself, why would you sign a contract that they can back out of, but you can't without any repercussions you know i'm sure that if he decided to back out or anyone else decides to back out of a contract that there's going to be repercussions for them like they'll have to pay a fee or whatever it is or this and that you know true that makes sense but um going back to this (laughs) because i drag you know i feel like she stopped acting when she realized she looked in the mirror and had a realization not that like oh god my life is slipping away i'm so old it's oh god if I if I do many more movies, he's not going to recognize me. So I want him to recognize what? No, I don't think that's it. Because I, she didn't. Need, when she had talked, she she had spoken about the passage of time and why she stopped filming videos. She's like, it had been so long, it just didn't matter anymore, and I was just continuing to chase after someone that probably wouldn't recognize me anymore. And it had nothing to do with her doing the movies. She used the movies as a premise to be able to go because she heard that they were going that the guy she loved was in this one area. They were going yeah. to that one area to film. And so a happy circumstance, a happy coincidence. Right. And it was like that for a lot of the other places that she was going to. It was like he may be over here. He may be over there. He may be in this area over here. Well, I thought that the reason she stopped when she got the key. And then she, like, I forget if she side glanced or something like that, but she caught a reflection and was like, I'm not, I don't look like the same person. And if I keep going, he's not going to recognize me. No, she, she, she stopped. Mm-hmm. And after, so she, she kind of did a little bit of filming after the key was stolen. She found the key, filmed, earthquake happened. She lost the key, which is why he had the key mm-hmm. to give her at the end. Like, cause it was after that she came to the realization. She's like, it doesn't matter if I keep chasing, going after him. He's, it's, he's not going to recognize me and I'm not going to recognize him anymore. And I, you know, I'm just tired of chasing after him. I, I just, mm-hmm. I'm not finding him. You're not wrong though. Like it sucks because I wanted a happy ending. I wanted to know what the hell that key went to. I wanted all of that and I got none Most- of it. Well, you got you got an answer. It was just just happened to be very ambiguous. What do you think that goes to then? I think it went to, <laughs> went to the suitcase that he had right next to him. Yeah, <laughs> a little darker, if you will. It was a suicide bomb, 
that he gave her the key to open it up, and that was the trigger point. Because remember, he was he was not with the army. He was like a, a revolutionary. He was a political artist. Uh, <clears throat> an art is an explosion. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, in case you didn't know, in a lot of countries around the world, especially way back in the day, um, freedom of expression was not is not a thing and was not a thing. And anyone deemed to be an enemy of the state, whether it be through your art or other means, you were taken in, considered to be a terrorist, and you were persecuted, arrested, made to disappear, went on vacation, never got seen again on that wonderful, lovely island you got sent to. You would see the farm with old Yeller in them. You would. You would. Granted. No. So, I mean, but- I, thought it, I, I thought it was quite sad that even after we know what happened to her, her lover boy, essentially, mm-hmm. um, he was tortured, murdered, and thrown away. But um, she didn't know. And for years, she was still pursuing him well, or what she thought of him, you know? After, well, that's why I said, like, after that final earthquake that had happened and she lost the key, that's when she stopped pursuing him. Well, see, I don't know if she ever stopped pursuing him whenever she had the key. The reason I say that is when she got the key at the end, I feel like she started, that's when another earthquake hit. And I feel like that's when she kind of started the pursuit again. Well, that's because that's what she said. She says, now I, I finally I get from to somewhere. She, she says on her deathbed, I can finally pursue him again. Like, like. Like she's not. I knew I got it from somewhere. It's it's not. You just call me Sherlock. It's right. Yeah. I I I feel (laughs) like she's she's gonna start pursuing them again because she got the key. (laughs) Could it be that she stated that? Hmm. Just call me Miss Chloe. I'm a psychic. Uh, I know these things. You are 100% psychic, sir. You are (laughs) you are telepathetic. 100% telepathetic. I am telepathetic. Oh, I need that as a handle of some kind. That's awesome. That's, that's what my mother-in-law always says to me. Whenever I say <laughs> something, she's like, oh, you must be telepathetic. A hundred percent. You know it. That's hilarious. I te- Let's make a shirt out of that. That'd be kind of cool. I am telepathetic. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no, I just, and you find out, it, well, you find out because she finds out that it's not him that she wants. Which is weird, you know, and it's not it's it's not any one particular person. It's the fact that the pursuit is what she enjoys. Yeah, like the Joker says, like he's 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 a puppy chasing a car. He doesn't know what he would do if he caught it. Mm-hmm. So same thing in this situation. She has no idea what would happen if she ever caught the man she was hoping to find. Granted, he she never will in this lifetime. But yep, thought it was kind of just. Just interesting the way that all of the movies that she played in had a little bit of her life story in it, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I I got that. I understand that 100%. I do. I understand that. All right, sir. I I feel like this is a good spot for a rating. How about you? I'll do it. I I, I feel like I can give a valid rating. Okay. Um. So my rating... For this, mm-hmm. um, it it kind of hurts, but I give it a five. And the reason I give it a five is it's not because I feel like more could have been done. You know what I mean? 
I feel like this is an interesting story that has potential, had potential, and they squandered a lot of it. Um, it had comedy. I loved mm-hmm. it. It had mystery. I was like, is somebody crazy? I'm thinking that a lot lately in, in the last few episodes. I'm like, maybe they're crazy. Um, but it's not something I'd want to rewatch. And it's not something I would tell my friends about, you know, like I, I would, I'm not knocking down people's door. You got to watch this. It's great. I mean, yeah, there are certain points in this, in this movie that make me want to give it an eight, but the way it opened, the way it closed, the lack of few answers, you know, and the way that the way that everything kind of comes together. It, it, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, got I understand. I, I, I do. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's middling at best. Okay. So five for you, I'm going with the five. seven. Really? I'm going with that. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great story. It was definitely, I, I definitely liked how they melded the realities for her, made it an entertaining style of documentary. And then at, at the point where uh, the director is, playing like started becoming a part of the fantasy storytelling with her how he gets mm-hmm. shot and then you're you're pulled out and the guy's just standing there recording them uh choco's pretending like she's riding a horse the guy's pretending like he just got shot off the horse and mm-hmm. you know it's like they they're having fun with the story so i feel like with any like with anyone else you know like you're gonna embellish it you're gonna try and have fun with it and you're going to try and make it an entertaining story, especially if you're just going to go, why not? You know what? Who, who gives a crap? I'm going to, I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to have fun with it and just run with it. And that's, that's the feeling that I got from it. And I made, it made me enjoy the experience. It was wonderful. The artwork wasn't great, but it fit. What I wasn't looking for, or insane artwork or anything like that. I was looking for an entertaining story, which it was. I was looking for something that made me kind of think a little bit, which it did. And it stayed true to the core of it, which was a romance. Probably why I didn't like it so much. Probably. All right. So, uh, next week's choice. It's a, it's, it's a recommendation from CJ. Okay. (laughs) And it's, uh, and it's red line. So, if you feel like we got something right, something wrong, you did this too much justice, not enough justice, or anything else in between, feel free to reach out to us. All our links and everywhere you can reach us, where you can rate us, where you can help support us, and all that information. FeaturedAnimePodcast.com. You go there. You can get all our information on there. Just go there. You'll be able to join us in our Discord, follow us on Twitter, everything like that. It's all on there. And uh, if you want to help support us, shop.featuredanimepodcast.com. We do have some nice swanky swag. Very much appreciated to help us grow. Um, and uh, until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Rick. <laughs> and you can watch the next movie with us. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.